Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want to be available to show you that I care that your problems are as big as my problems. And you're not using all this code and euphemisms. It's like honest communication because this is the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And when you start to realize people are different, you stop trying to impose this idea that, that we have to have agreement on everything. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. In this episode, we're going to hear from Andrew Bentley on her three C's and his three A's. And Andrew Bentley is a very special person, both to us and uh, to the kingdom. He brings a wealth of experience and wisdom to the table. He has coached and uh, worked for some of the biggest companies in the world, all of which you have heard of. And um, so many people value what he has to say in the realm of leadership and in the realm of relationships. Yes. We're excited to have him on. Yeah, we are extremely excited. And if you really want to hear more, you can go back and listen to um, a previous podcast that we did mm-hmm. and uh, all of full of incredible advice. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes so you can hear his prior episode. And so here we go. We're going to talk about relationships in this podcast. You're in for a treat. It is always a privilege to have Andrew Bentley on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he is our mentor and uh totally have a lot of respect for him and so he made special uh opened up some of time in his calendar to have him on and it's always a privilege thank yes, you for being on thank you absolutely excited to be a part of it everything wow. you guys do i love so anytime i have an opportunity to participate is always welcomed 
Aw, we appreciate you so much. And you have some insights to share with us today, specifically about some needs that a man might have and some needs that a woman might have. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those who clicked on this episode saw the title and they're probably wondering, how are we making this distinction between uh, a male's needs and a female's needs? So if you can share with us a little bit about, before we get into what they are, uh, about this concept of um, how we would differentiate between uh, his needs and her needs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the first, I, I have to have a disclaimer at the beginning, right? Which is, there's, there, it's virtually impossible to distill down, you know, relationships and relationship hacks, um, mm-hmm. you know, to make bold statements like, if you do this, your relationship will go to new heights. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not what this is about. It's, but there is, there's a way to think about relationships to say, you know, if, if I could prioritize certain things, if I could, you know, get really focused on some things. And in this case, we're talking about the three C's of, uh, of, of the female and three A's of the male. Um, and if I could say, you know, what are those three things that if I did consistently and repeatedly and, and, and if I really put some focus on those, could I in fact not guarantee my relationship but could I see insights and could I see benefits accrue to my relationship mm-hmm. as, a, as opposed to trying to focus on 10 different things, but just focus on three things and get really good at consistently doing those three. Mm, that's awesome. I like that. So uh, men, if you're listening, we're going to start off with her three needs. If we were to distill those needs into three. Um, so Start off with her need, number one, and we, we know these all start with a C to help it be a bit more memorable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so three Cs. So, so uh, the, the three of them are communication, commitment, and care. Okay. And so they're not necessarily ordered that way, you know, care first or commitment first or communication first. But mm. in terms of thinking again about what are those three, and if I could just focus on those could I be successful? So why don't we launch right into it? We'll start with communication. Okay. Communication. Communication. And there's been so much said about communication, but in my business life, and, and business is really about a whole bunch of relationships with transactions around. Right. It. Ooh, and all of the relationships and transactions are centered around people. And so, you know, you can bring concepts from business into relationships and relationship concepts into business. Absolutely. And you're a master of that. We've heard you speak at yes. marriage conferences and bring these business concepts in so masterfully. Well, and I'm interested to hear too, with all of your success in business and all of your success in, in life in, in that realm to bring this into relationships. So it, mm-hmm. it's going to be from a different angle. So that's, that's what's interesting. And how long have you been married? I have been married 40 years this December. 40 years. <laughs> so, That's so awesome. Melding business acumen with 40 years of marriage. This, this is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, here we go. Here we, we go. <laughs> we have by no means achieved perfection. So I'll be really clear about that. And there are so many things that I learn about my wife and, and by, by extension, learn about myself through the right. process of learning about her and learning about myself and how I can be a, a better husband. Right. So in business, whenever I thought about communication, I, I use this sort of this reminder, which is early, often, and honest. Mm-hmm. And it's a really simple way when I think about if I've got a communication that I've got to deliver, 
early, often, and honest is this really great mm. memory tool for thinking about how I deliver the communications. And so early is a, is a perfect example. So this idea of, of early is not waiting until the last minute. And you think about all the things in life that you know come against your windscreen you know, with children and with work and with church and all the commitments that you have. Mm-hmm. That sometimes we get so busy and we get all of these things. And sometimes we let our spouse know at the very last minute that there's this obligation or this scenario. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of early, of like, what if every time I knew something of consequence was coming up that I told her as soon as I found out. That's mm. good. So this yeah. idea that I'm not, I'm not giving it a, leaving it to the last minute and giving her only a little bit of time to think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And this could be on anything. It could be on planning trips. It could be on finances. It could be on commitments and obligations that you've made. But this idea of thinking about is, you know, why don't I tell her now instead of waiting mm-hmm. um, like so that. early is something early. I, I, I think about. It also gives you the opportunity to actually make space for the communication, space for the question, space for the discussion, mm-hmm. space for, quite frankly, sometimes the disagreement around the obligation that I might have uh, committed us to. Sure. But yeah. if, if you don't do it early, you don't leave any space for that mm-hmm. discussion and therefore your 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 partner's constantly feeling like this obligation has been thrust upon her mm-hmm. and she's really not getting the space to actually have meaningful conversation and to really get agreement around those things that's fantastic early. yeah and when you when you put it out there early like you said you give space for even if right now is not the right time then you can schedule that conversation out a bit further because you gave the heads up early enough exactly yeah well, also strategic space mm Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could pick a time when you will have the time, but you know, it may go better if you know, you didn't just have a ton of stressful things happen mm-hmm. right before you're telling her. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And you can set the expectation, you know, I just want to make sure that this is on your on your radar that, you know, I've made this obligation this and and when I say made this obligation, I I have made some overtures to an obligation that I want to have a discussion with you at a more appropriate time. But I just want to make sure that you knew about this that was that was potentially forthcoming. So that's early. Okay. Often is is super simple, right? Make time for communication every day. And I think, you know, with communication, we know that listening is such a significant component of our communication. And I think sometimes as men, you know, we want the punchline, we want to get to solutioning, we, we want to expedite the conversation. And I think, again, this is about her three needs. And, and if communication is important, then communication and the element of listening as part of communication is really, really important. This mm-hmm. ability to actually suss out the, the, the learnings or the understanding, to ask really good, smart, curious questions, mm-hmm. to actually learn about this human being that, that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And that mm-hmm. happens through listening. It happens through curiosity. It mm-hmm. happens because you're doing it on an often regular basis. Yes. Mm. And some people don't realize that listening actually includes those curious questions, right? Yes. That's talking, but that's actually engaging and listening and trying to receive more of what this person has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like in coach, that. In, in coaching salespeople, I'd always ask, you know, you know, what's your sales methodology? And my sales methodology was really simple. Have better conver- conversations than your competitors. 
And so Mm -hmm. if you're having better conversations with people and you're understanding them at a deeper level, then they are going to prefer you in terms of the business. And so communication piece is really important because this idea of early and often, the often piece is about having regular conversations that bring value to the conversation Mm -hmm. and to ask what I used to call smart, curious questions. Mm. Nobody wants to have a conversation says, you know, so what did you do today? That's not a smart, curious question. (laughs) A smart, curious question was, you know, when we last, when I last saw you, you were working on this project or you were sort of noodling this idea. What, how did that work out for you? Whatever, right? You're, you're bringing Mm -hmm. something that you observed from the past that was meaningful to them. And you asked a question. Now that's, that's a pretty benign question. That's not super smart and super curious, but the idea that I'm trying to coach here is that your questions aren't just, Hey, I'm interrogating you. They're smart, curious questions that bring actually some, some, some more depth to them. That's so good. Uh, That brings to mind that sort of way of asking, like I saw you, you know, you're, you're noticing them working on something that's important to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's beautiful. That that kind of uh, ties in with Dale Carnegie's idea of um, being interested in that person. And it's easy to start a conversation when you find out what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So going to that place and asking questions, you're almost always going to elicit a, a an answer mm-hmm. that's probably worth talking about. Yeah. And connection. Right. An answer and, and connection. connection. Right. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, the litmus test for me for this is, you know, ask yourself the question is like, what do I know about my wife's school experience? Did she love school? Did she hate school? Did she have friends? Did she not have friends? Did she love math or did she hate math? Like this idea of how much do I know about this human being? Like, I I know she likes chocolate, doesn't like chocolate. That's not the level of communication we're looking at here. That if if you want to propel your relationships and have the best possible outcomes in your relationships... This communication is about really getting to know this human being. And so you got you to talk often. And then the last one is honest. And, and this idea, early, often, and honest, and this, this idea of honesty, this isn't you know, about the veracity of speech, right? It's not about telling the truth. We're, we're assuming that you tell the truth in your relationships. Yeah. But this idea of honesty is about, you know, wh- why am I trying to say this? Like, what, yeah. What's at the heart of, of what I'm saying? It's about candor. It's about transparency. It's about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's about being really real about what it is that you're trying to communicate with this person and what you're trying to hear from this person, right? What is the honesty behind the messages? Mm-hmm. We, we have this uh, expression my wife and I, we joke about because I'm first generation Canadian. So I have a British passport and I tend to be British. And she says, okay, stop, stop talking British. And what stop talking British means is not, a, it's not a British accent. It is, it's, it, um, it feels like it's quite cold in here. It seems draft more drafty than usual, right? Which is code for I'm cold. Can we turn up the heat? And so when you do that, it's like, stop talking British. Like if you're High cold. context. Exactly. Right. Yes. And so that's that honesty piece is when you're not talking British, but you're saying what you mean. Um, not in a hurtful way, but that, that candor matters and you're not using all this code and euphemisms. It's like mm-hmm. honest communication because this is the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. That's mm. so good. Yes. Why do you think people find themselves speaking in code or don't stop speaking in code? Like, why do you think people do that? 
I think some of it, you know, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt that some of it is they don't want to hurt the other person. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they, they're trying to use diplomacy. And um, a friend of mine used to say, you know, way too many words per thought. Right. And, <laughs> and so we get into this idea of, of trying to use all this diplomacy. And, and people who you're in strong and deep relationship tend not to like that. Now, that doesn't mean we should be reckless with our speech, mm-hmm. but I think they want us to say what we mean. Um, so I think there's a bit of a kindness piece to that. The second piece is I think sometimes we haven't, we haven't wrestled the feelings and the emotions that we have associated with this conversation to the ground. And so we're being tentative through our language because we haven't done the hard lifting and the heavy lifting around, really, what do I feel in this moment? What am I really mm. trying to communicate? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's really good. So we have this uh, one C, the first C here, which is communicate, specifically communicate early, often, and honest. Yes. Um, take us to the next C for her needs. So the next one is commitment. And, and commitment is about constantly demonstrating to this person, I'm here for the rest of your life. I'm committed to your development. I'm committed to your children. I'm committed to your health. I'm committed to your dreams. I'm committed to your life. Mm. And, and the way I think about this, and you, you know, people are automatically, oh yeah, commitment, I get that, I understand. But the way I think about it is uh, it, kind of in a different way than maybe you might initially think of is, as an example, the development of myself is actually projecting or telegraphing to my spouse my commitment to her. I'm investing with myself because I don't want the same guy you married at 19 or 18 years of age to be the same guy at 58 years of age. Mm-hmm. And so this commitment is developed by, well, I am committed to her. Like I've never strayed. I've never done anything that would give her pause or cause for doubt. No, no, no. My commitment to you is I'm making me a better person in order to demonstrate that I'm investing in myself so that I can invest back in the relationship so that I can bring a better human being to this relationship. Oh. And so that's, that's one example. That's really good. It's a different, if it, it's a different way of thinking about loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just I'm loyal to our relationship. I won't cheat on you. It's I'm committed to becoming who God called me to be so I can pour back into you. Just to say the, the yeah. theological language for that would be sanctification exactly. through marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what is the Bible? Iron sharpeneth iron. If I'm that 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid that you married and my thoughts aren't any bigger, you know, what does that mean for your children in terms mm-hmm. of you want me to invest in, in our children? The only way I can invest more into them is I've got to be better. And so the investment mm-hmm. in myself is not so that I can be better exclusively, but so that I can bring more of myself to this relationship because I'm committed to being better for the cause. The mm-hmm. second one is, um, is to think about as another example is how I might manage money, mm-hmm. right? And again, we, we don't think about money in terms of commitment. You know, I don't, I don't, spend, I don't spend money foolishly. Okay, check, mm-hmm. good. I like that. that. That sounds like you're committed. But I'm thinking about our money for life. I'm investing our money. I'm trying to build wealth for us so that in your retirement and our retirement, there's safety. There's safety, right? That's my commitment to you. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm being judicious about what I spend my money on. I'm not Mm -hmm. buying this and that and 
I'm practicing frugality because I believe that we're going to be together for life. And whether I predecease you or not, I want to make sure that you know that till the end of your life, there is a financial commitment that has been made. And I'm going to do the best of my ability to make sure that, that you that you receive that that benefit. That's good. Um, I, I, I demonstrate commitment when I invest in her development, when I mm-hmm. invest in her health, when I invest in her dreams and helping her realize her dreams. I'm actively investing. She can see whether that's me. Hey, I want to put some, I want to put some of our money into that. Not her saying, Hey, I'd like to do, I I will. How do I invest in that? How do I get some money into that? Because that's a dream of yours and and we're in this thing for life. So Mm. I'm investing in, in your dreams. So nice. the com- commitments about investing in yourself and in the other person, both. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's a completely different way of looking at commitment. You know, it is. A question it would be really interesting to have with your spouse would be, how can I do a better job at investing? But how? give me your recipe, mm-hmm. how I can correctly invest in you. Because yeah. how sad would it be to get 30, 40 years down the road and not see any capital Mm. or any sort of uh, growth in that person. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's an incredibly sobering thought. Like was, was that person not trying or were you rejecting? Hmm. So it kind of spins like, well, what have you been pushing off that your Mm -hmm. spouse has been trying to give? Yeah. Just a thought like, I like it. That's really good. That is really good. Yeah. And then the last one one is care. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it seems super self-explanatory, this idea of care. But, you know, I I still think there's something and, and, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to be tied down with sexism or generalizations and people. But I think there's something that's I think there's still some value around chivalry that I I believe. And maybe it's because I'm 58 years old. But if my wife drops something, I want to be picking that up before she even starts to think about bending her knee. Mm -hmm. Just think there's something that says, you know, that the care that when I see her carrying something out, you know, the garage door opens. I know she's gone all day. There's likely bags in her hands. There's something about walking out to the garage and and grabbing those bags, Mm -hmm. not because you're stronger, not because she can't carry them. This isn't this. That's not the message. It's this idea that that I care about you and that, That's that I want to prefer you. Um, ah, yes. The other thing is around providing emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual support and care hmm. that, that, that you're showing again, your care that when she has an event, whether that's an emotional event or an intellectual event, she's fussing with a problem. She, she wants you to be present there to show, you know, I care that you're fussing with that problem. That's, that's, that's one of those BHAGs that's, and you're trying to wrestle it to the ground. I want to be available to show you that I care that your problems are as big as my problems, that mm. they're not oh bigger problems because I might go to work and you might be uh, staying at home or you might have a job that's more clerical and I might mm. have one more that's more executive. There's no big jobs and little jobs. All of us fuss with complexity and relationships, whatever we're in, whether we're at home, whether we're executives, whatever role we're in, there are people and there's complexity and there's relationships. And so you demonstrate care by saying your problems, it's as big as my problems. They're not big problems and little problems. They're problems. And so I demonstrate my care by being present for those situations and and really coming along. And then the last thing I would say is that when you cover your wife 
with prayer, right? That that's part of that care that she, she knows and she hears you that you're covering her with prayer, that you're mm-hmm. covering her spiritually uh, to say, look, I care about that. And I take time to make sure that it's part of my prayer and, and my discipline around there that I call your name and I, and I bring you before God as, as, as part of your servant and as someone in, in my care for you. Mm. I love that. I think in, in each of those cases of care, whether it's chivalry or, you know, caring about the problems and sorting through that with her and then also covering her in prayer, um, as a woman, I'm thinking through all of those. And when Adam has met those needs, I'm like, man, I feel cherished. You know, like I feel special. I feel, I feel like you are enveloping me and and providing for me in a sense, even in a non-financial way. You know, um, so I I love this idea of care and how multifaceted it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. It's good. All right. Are we, any other comments on her needs before we uh, jump to his needs? Oh, there's lots, but I think we should in the interest of time. (laughs) All right. So his three A's. So talk to us about uh, the needs of a man. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Well, again, these these are, you know, a distillation of all of the the, the needs of men, and there are many. Um, but I think about, again, if I wanted to hit the, the main ones, if I could really take our relationship to a next level by consistently thinking about and, and representing these three A's in our relationship, that that would be something that would absolutely strengthen our relationship. So mm-hmm. the three A's are affirmation, okay. appreciation, and affection. Hmm. That's good. So let's take them one let's at a time. It. So Let's go with affirmation. Yes. Okay. Affirmation. So the, the you look at the etymology of the word affirmation, you come up with this word of solid assurance um, or to make steady. Okay. And, and again, this is not meant to be a sexist generalization, but men have a certain wiring towards impulsivity and compulsivity. And, and there's differences between the two. And, and, and men tend to be greater risk takers in, in, in some cases and, and so forth. And so, you know, again, I don't want to overstate generalizations, but there is a sense or something about the male psyche mm-hmm. that when he receives affirmation from his spouse, this idea that that when I'm taking risks, when and hopefully they're calculated risks, these are not foolish risks, but when I'm <laughs> when I'm demonstrating this willingness to to run into the line of fire and to put myself in situations in order to 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 really bring about a successful life for my family, that hearing my spouse say, you know what, 
um, I know you take a lot of risks and I know you put yourself out there every day and there are times that you're scared and there are times you're intimidated and there's times you wonder, you know, we all have imposter syndrome. There are times that you walk into that room and, and you don't know if you can carry the room and you don't know if you can do it. I just want you to know that I believe in you. Mm. You've got this. And I know that mm. I know your character. I know your relationship with God. And you put a relationship with God towards a person with great character. Great things are going to happen. Mm. I believe mm. in you. Yes. Mm. If a man heard that, it would drive him to give the woman her three C's. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a lot of men and they, they've point blank told me the reason why they don't go home or don't want to be home is they can't win there, but mm. they win on the job. They're running huge companies. They're winning there. They get respect there, yep. but they don't get it at home. Mm -hmm. And not saying that's how it happens everywhere, but mm -hmm. this is, is, I think, a very needed thing for a man to hear so he knows, mm -hmm. oh, I can win here. Yeah, there are things I need to work on, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. And and really just in terms of affirmations, I've heard a lot of women say, you know, what if what if I don't respect him or right. what, what if I can't find something to affirm in him? And it's important, ladies, to think about his desire to achieve. Think about his desire to um, provide, his desire to, mm -hmm. you know, to do what he's called to do for your family. And you can affirm that desire. And sometimes that's what it takes mm -hmm. to spur him to action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit cyclical, right? There's, there's certain, you know, as I get affirmation, I feel a little, I feel like I can take a little bit bigger risk because I, I know that if I fail, I can actually come home and go, I blew it. I, I, mm -hmm. I, right. I reached a little too high <laughs> and I, I, I thought that that apple, I could reach it, but I couldn't. I ended up falling off the ladder. And she says, who cares? You know what? I remember um, I had a, a big job uh, with a really large company and I was, it was ringing me out. And I said, um, you know, I, I was, and I decided I was going to join this company. Anyways, I said, so what happens if like, if I get there and it's just like a, it's like a melting pot, like it's just, it's a ringer. What, what, what would I do? And she said, quit. <laughs> no. like, <laughs> I can I can do that. Of course you can. Right? You're mm -hmm. highly employable. Somebody will pick you up. Of course you can quit. But that mm -hmm. belief. Yeah. That's a belief. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll run into the fire. I can I can do this and it's, it's Okay it's, then. Yeah. It's <laughs> a okay, confidence yeah, booster. Giddy up. Let's go. Yep. Um, I I want to go back to Adam what you said cuz I think that was important about you know, um I don't know if I can say this analogy, but if you just, I don't know if this analogy will work for it, but if you just run a marathon mm -hmm. and, and you come in first, second, third, fourth, it doesn't matter. You just run like a, a amazing, you know, two and a half hour marathon. And then somebody who doesn't seem to take good care of themselves may not be super athletic, don't look like, they go, hey, great job. That just doesn't feel the same as when, <laughs> you know, Lance Armstrong, if you cycling as an example, if like Lance Armstrong goes, wow, you crushed it. Right. <laughs> right. And I, it's and a I high wanna, compliment. It's a high compliment. And I got to tell there. you, cause he's been there. I got to tell you though, the high compliment from your spouse is a high compliment. Yes. Getting 
a different, getting another zero under the end of my paycheck, having somebody slap me on the back at work that says, great job, Bentley, that I know could fire me any day if I didn't perform. Mm -hmm. Those are all very conditional rewards of affirmation. Right. But when you come home and your spouse says, I'm so proud of what you did. That's it. That's high praise versus mm -hmm. another zero or another two zeros or somebody mm -hmm. slapping your back that's purely in it for the meritocracy. When my spouse affirms me, it's not purely about the meritocracy. It's about I knew you could and I knew you would. Mm. Yes. That's wow. good. I love That's that. Good. And I think a lot of spouses and in this case, specifically women, since we're talking about his needs, um, we may not think that our voice matters that much, especially oh. if your husband is, you know, in high ranks and he yeah. gets all this affirmation at work. But That's your voice true. does matter more than you so realize. Matters. So yeah. matters. You know, mm. uh, there's just there's. I, look, I've worked in enough jobs to know it's a meritocracy. Yeah. When the performance is down, the out of boys go away. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's the affirmation of a spouse mm. is way higher praise than somebody mm. who's just knowing that their bonus is now increased as a result of your performance. And they're going, nice work. Ah, yes. That is so good. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because you're known to that person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our greatest desire is to be known, mm -hmm. to be known and loved. And when that person that knows and loves you can tell you that, you know, it's most likely coming from truth and honesty. And mm -hmm. it, yes. that currency is just has a lot more spending power. Yeah, <laughs> true. For sure. So good. All right. We'll take us to the next A for so his good. needs. So good so far. Yes. Well, the next one is appreciation. And they kind of are, you know, brothers and sisters. Uh, they go together nicely, <laughs> but they're different. Like uh, affirmation is different than appreciation. Appreciation is, is a recognition that, you know what? I see when you do things. I see you as a human being. Um, I see the extra efforts that you go through. I, I realize the risk that you're taking. I realize you make financial risks, you make reputational risks, you make physical risks, like all of these things. And just knowing that somebody cares. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll come home from just a crazy situation. My wife says, you know what? It is not lost on me what it's like to spend an hour commuting and an hour back and to fight a battle all day long with people that you don't necessarily enjoy their company. But day in and day out, you continue to do that for our family. I just want you to know I appreciate it. It's not lost on me that that's hard what you do. Mm. And I just like, it's just so, so rewarding to mm -hmm. feel that sense of appreciation that what you do actually matters when you're grinding it out, that you never give up, that when you're sick, when you're tired, when, when she sees you after a long weekend mm -hmm. of, you know, revival in church and you go, but you go to work again and you, mm -hmm. you fight it out again. She said, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. It's, yeah. It's a, it does. Mm. It's like water to to a desert soul. Yep. Man, I, like I have to like brag on Carissa. Like she is so good at that. Aww. Um, I'll be, you know, I I normally take it upon myself to drive us for safety reasons. <laughs> and and I drive, you know, like we're going out of town, we come back, and generally Chris is not the best. She does she works hard, but sometimes she doesn't last the whole thing. I back. fall asleep, especially if it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> See the British. And 
And so like, so, but she'll wake up at, right when we get home almost every single time, half asleep, be like, thank you so much for driving us, babe. You're the best. <laughs> and like, even though I like practically grunt on the, it doesn't matter. It does. <laughs> it, it feels good. It's like, yes, you saw, you saw my effort. Yes. I like and, that. And, it's, and even that, you know, I'll I tell you the litmus test for me. It's like, I don't know if I'm just like, part puppy dog or whatever, but it's just <laughs> even the little things, like it's even the, like the, the most insignificant things when she says, Oh, I appreciate you doing it. Like just that you noticed I did that. I noticed. Mm, I noticed yes. Like, ah, yes. That's, that's cool. And especially because as women, we can be, um, so naggy at times and, you know, we can, we're usually the culprit for the complainers or the criticizers. So when we can acknowledge you know, the, the ratio should be like a one to five, you yeah. know, for every complaint or criticism, we need to be giving those, the, the five appreciation statements as well and not contrived and not like trying to calculate it, but really trying to, um, you know, be intentional about acknowledging out loud how your husband is serving. I, I think the lie is that, well, they're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. supposed to keep the counters clean and the dishes washed. Like, why would I congratulate them for doing uh-huh. that? That's their job. Yeah. Yeah. But, but why, why not? Why <laughs> not miss that opportunity to create a higher ratio of positivity mm-hmm. where we're both seeking to actively, you know, pump up the other person. That's right. Cause sometimes we need that extra pump. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> True. It's so true. just to make sure I understand the difference between the affirmation and appreciation from your perspective, the affirmation, uh, from what I'm gathering, is more of an encouragement. I believe in you, whereas the appreciation is more of a gratitude and what an acknowledgement. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about, you know, the affirmation is that that the the steadying. It's the it's the holding it up, right? It's mm-hmm. like the affirmation is like, oh. I, I'm I'm steady now. I can do this. It's that mm. sense of I can, um, and and I think appreciation is the I did, uh. right? And so one is I can, and one is I did, and it, and it helps as you're thinking about that because you want him to. That's the he can, and you mm. want to affirm him so he can, and but you want to appreciate him when he did. Good, and this speaks Good. to the man's internal desire to achieve. Yes. I think mm-hmm. hardwired. Yeah, we are. Yep. So good. Okay. What's the last one? And then the last one is affection. And, and I, I think I'm going to sort of guardrail this with two words. Um, one is initiation and the other mm. one is reciprocity. And so I, I, I want to, you know, have you think about this maybe in a little bit different way than you think of it. Affection is pretty self-explanatory. Men have mm. a high, tend to have a high aptitude. I want to make too many generalizations, but yeah. they have a higher appetite for um, intimacy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, you know, it, it's really important that as, as a spouse, you think about that and, and be cognitive of, cognizant of that, mm-hmm. but also not just simply um, to defer um, when overtures are made. Uh, and I want to keep this, you know, PG, but uh, when, <laughs> over, when, when overtures are, are made um, that, you, that you accommodate, I think initiation is really, really important here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's yeah. something from a male perspective that when there is an initiation, mm-hmm. um, the appreciation associated with that is super, super important to the male psyche. Yeah. 
yeah. is that not only were you, you know, cognizant of the fact that I had this need, mm-hmm. but you actually took it upon yourself, like you prioritized it and you were aware of it. Mm-hmm. And, and recognizing that just, again, speaks to your awareness of their needs, which creates more appreciation, which creates more affirmation, which helps mm-hmm. us to bond better with you as, as our wives. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So initiation is really important. And I, I don't, you know, in all of these, the three C's or three A's, right? I, I don't mm-hmm. want to suggest that, that men or sorry, that, that women don't have a need for initiation as well, that men need to be responsible and there needs to be mm-hmm. initiation and yeah. that, that, that men don't need communication. So, mm-hmm. you know, these go both ways. But as, sure. as far as predominantly speaking, yeah. um, mm-hmm. affection is super important. So yes. the first part is, is initiation. Yeah. The second part, and I don't know if, if, if uh, you know, being a female, if, if uh, there's a full appreciation for the second word, which is reciprocity. Yeah, talk and, about that. Yeah, so this I, I think I, this is a really interesting concept for me because providing affection, intimacy to your husband is really, really important. We, we've got that, and we, we recognize that. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the male psyche that also wants to participate and and gift back, if I could use those words, back to his spouse. Mm-hmm. See, I don't think of my spouse as providing a capability or service. I don't know how to say that without mm-hmm. being crass, but yeah. this idea that, that, you know, somehow she has a responsibility to me associated with intimacy and that she provides that, that, um, that affection to me, mm. but there's something about the dynamic of intimacy yeah. and part of the male psyche that, that creates a greater bond and a greater connection to this other human being when the opportunity for reciprocity is given. Mm-hmm. And so for, for wives who live incredibly busy lives and, and multitasking and juggling all of these things associated with church and children and husbands and work and, and hospitality, just all the things that they're constantly involved in. And, and sometimes they're just, you know, they're wrung out and it's the end of the day. And yet in, in, I sometimes don't know how they do it, but they still are cognizant of their husband needs and they provide that need mm-hmm. to their husband. Mm-hmm. But the last thing they may want is to actually engage beyond that. Mm-hmm. And the message I want to give to spouses is this, is that, you know, as much as we appreciate that, there is something about the male psyche associated with reciprocity, where we too have a need to want to gift back mm-hmm. um, in terms of our care towards you. And let it be received. And yeah. let it be received. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the key. Yep. And let it be received. Absolutely. And it's tricky. There's so many things here and there's so many landmines that we could find ourselves in. Well, what about this? And what about that? And we could, we could go with all sorts of contingencies. No, that's true. And, yep. But yep. I think there's just an awareness that I'm trying to suggest here is that when you think about affection, if you sort of uh, guardrail it with this idea of initiation and reciprocity. I love that. that. That's yeah. a really pure way of thinking about affection that will create even a deeper relationship with your spouse. It is. It is. The guardrails are important because we've all heard lists of his needs and her needs. And mm-hmm. invariably, the the need for sexual intimacy is always on his list. But not in this way. We don't often think about the idea that, you know, the reciprocity piece is important. Yes, the initiation is important. But if you're just checking a box and saying, mm. oh, he needs this, so I'm going to provide that need, it's not worth a whole lot. Like that's that's really not 
fulfilling his need because his need is for that that genuine intimacy and that requires reciprocity it's giving and receiving and so if if you just give and he receives that's it's really not that helpful um he wants to give back and and let that be received back We'll be right back to the interview, but I wanted to take a moment and share with the mamas about my favorite brand for nursing and postpartum moms. It's called Kindred Bravely. And when I was pregnant, my sister gifted me their bamboo nursing lounge dress. And let me tell you, ladies, if you are pregnant or you're nursing, this dress is going to be one of your go-tos. It's perfect for just lounging around at the house and it's nursing friendly. Um, It's flattering, but comfortable. All the things you want when you are pregnant and postpartum so I would recommend that you've probably heard me talking the last few episodes about their ribbed bamboo midi skirt and um, I can go on and on about that one I've been wearing that one the last few weeks ever since they sent it to me and I love that skirt I love all their bamboo products it's such soft fabric so um, go to kindredbravely.com and you can check out their products you can also use dymc20 as a code to get 20% off and I can't recommend them enough and that's a bit of a virtuous cycle, right? Because it goes back to care, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you think about those things of care, communication, and commitment, yes. that reciprocity, the, the sexual intimacy and the reciprocity created with that mm-hmm. becomes this virtual, virtuous cycle back to the care. It's my way of saying, I care for you and that you have needs and, and, I'm, and your needs might be harder to achieve mm-hmm. um, than my needs. But I want you to know that as part of my commitment, the duration or the, or the requirement of achieving your needs, I'm, that's part of my commitment to you, which is part mm-hmm. of my care, which is part of that reciprocity. And, and intimacy is a method of communication that males use with their spouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it creates that, again, that virtuous cycle around care, commitment, and communication. Uh, yes. That's so good. But that also underlines the importance for communication within how to be reciprocal. Because mm-hmm. I think that conversation isn't enacted or isn't given enough space or yeah. maybe that that time a lot allotted mm-hmm. uh, that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So there has to be that expenditure and risk. There's a risk to going there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's worth it because when there is risk, reciprocity in this way it's so incredibly filling you know you could fill your your gas tank with cheap gas and it's gonna ping and it's gonna not maybe not do everything it could do Mm. but if you put it good fuel into it you know Mm. that's i guess i mean by it's so much more filling yeah to everyone Mm -hmm. Uh yeah so and there's a virtuous cycle on the other side. So if these are wheels and they're gears, right, they're turning each other. <laughs> yes. And so yes. the affirmation, the appreciation, and the affection gear also gets turned through that reciprocity of intimacy mm-hmm. that, that turns the care commitment and the communication gear, which also turns the affirmation, mm-hmm. affection, and appreciation gear. And so they're, they're working so together. Good. Isn't it amazing just how, how intricately God has created our mm-hmm. needs and desires to mm-hmm. really like help us to become what we need to become. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so much so that our gears turn our spouse's gears. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, you mentioned before we started recording that you have this little, uh, I think of it, you didn't say this, but I think of it more in like in a little magic, um, three by five card magic. <laughs> and, and that was, <laughs> that was three things you need to know to survive a relationship. You said we could tack this on if we have time. I'm curious, even if we don't have time to dive into all three of them. <laughs> oh, you mean your clip? Cliff Notes version. Yeah, Cliff Notes, magic three by five card. So share with us, what are these three things that we need to know to survive a relationship? Well, this this could create an entire nether podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's Bummer, we'd have to have you back on. Yeah. I mean I could I could distill it down into five minutes or less if you want it. If you want the like short cliff snow version, I could do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. 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 So the three things it. the three things that people need to survive a relationship. Number one is that people are different. Okay. Um and when you say that the first thing you get when I've done this in sort of you know premarital counseling, people are like, oh boy. You know, I hope the next two are better than the first one because the first one wasn't that good, actually. Like, people are different. Like, is this is this the most profound? Like, this I've known this all my life, but I'll come back to that. Number two is that the way we express our difference and the way people experience our difference is not malicious. Mm. And number three is the difference is the value. And so the, the first one, people are different. I, when I say this to people, it's like, yeah, yeah, we know people are different. I said, no, you don't actually know people are different. If you believed people were different, every time you asked your spouse, do you want to go for uh, Mexican food? And they said, yes, you should be like surprised. Uh. Every time you say, <laughs> because there's an infinite number of ways to disagree. Like there's an infinite amount of ways to disagree. No, there aren't. <laughs> <laughs> and so every time your spouse agrees with you, Theoretically, statistically, they should be disagreeing with you the majority of the time. Right. They should be disagreeing mm-hmm. because people are different. And when you start yes. to realize people are different, you stop trying to impose this idea that, that we have to have agreement on everything. Uh, yes. um, and it just changes that dynamics. Like, do you want to go for me? You never want to go for Mexican food. Then you go, that's because people are different. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. People are different. Okay, that's number one. We could belabor that one, but that's That's good. The second one is the way people express the difference or the way we experience the difference is not malicious. Mm. And so uh, the example I always use is with my wife. If I say, hey, let's go to New York, she will be like, "Um, well, when? And I'll say, well, I don't know. We could go. I've got to be there in March or whatever. Uh, we could go in March. She said, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? And, and like literally there's probably 10 to 15 questions coming after that. <laughs> like, and I'm like, now in my brain, and, and I would never think this. I said, but I, I, I almost feel like saying, you know, if I asked anybody else if they wanted to go north, they'd be like, yes. <laughs> but she's a planner. She, yes. you know, and the, the, we used to have small children, you know, somebody had to feed the children. There's, you know, the fact that um, in my, in our case, I'm the, the single bread uh, winner or the single uh, earner in the family. Mm-hmm. The fact that she cares about my money, right. That mm-hmm. I've earned shows me two things. One is that it's not my money. It's our money. Yes. Which is yeah. a really, really important concept. If uh-huh. you haven't figured that out. Yet. Um, <laughs> and secondly, that she cares about that. That this isn't my money and I'm wanting to spend it how I want. This is a team around their money. So the fact that she's expressing all of these questions, these are not doubts. These are not, I don't want to go to New York with you. I can't imagine anything worse than spending three days with you. (laughs) This is a person who is intentional and has great questions. But Mm -hmm. the way I experience that difference is like, come on, are you going to kill me with questions? Mm, It feels malicious, but it's not. 
It's not malicious. Yes. In fact, it's fabulous because I'm because I'm so he's scattered. Yes. He's different, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if because I'm so uh, impulsive, you know, who knows how, you know, what what condition we would be in if we did everything I wanted to do <laughs> of the moment. Right. But the way I experience it is is malicious. It's like, oh, you always ask all these questions. Yes, I'm a planner. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, yes, I'm responsible. Yes, I care about our money. Yes, we have small children. We can't leave bowls of hard food out for them like you can a cat. Right. And so the way they express the difference and the way we experience is not malicious. And we got to get over the fact that they're not being a certain way. They're being who they are. Yeah. And then the third one, which we've more or less already stated, is that's the value that you take somebody like myself, who's impetuous, that loves to just go footloose and fancy free. And you pair that with somebody that actually is intentional about a whole bunch of things. That's a really good combination because two impetuous Amen. people, boy, they that they end up poor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amen. Wow. I think that was exactly five minutes. Perfect. You're on it. Good job. <laughs> so much value packed into those five minutes. I agree. A whole nother episode waiting to happen. I love it. Man, well, we we could just keep on going, but we know you climbed a mountain today. Yeah, literally, folks. For so those- we're not making you try to climb another mountain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, um, if people want to connect with you and just find out more of your wisdom and that you share, how can they find you online? Boy, online, you know, I I have an Instagram account called Bentley 238. Mm -hmm. It is uh, where I curate my thoughts around leadership and life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a private account, so you have to request. And if you request... um, candidly, I look at the profile and go, is this a person I know or that's in some circle of care? Because you get all sorts of crazy requests and <laughs> I'm not trying to build a follower base. I'm, I'm interested in people that are interested in the things I'm thinking about. Mm. Um, and so that's that's probably the best place is that's where I sort of curate a lot that's of my good. thinking. So folks, maybe you should shoot him a direct message telling him that you're you're interested in his leadership insights. So he'll know that you, you listen to this podcast. It might be worth it. <laughs> Maybe he'll accept your request. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, tell us any recommendations that you have for folks in terms of books, resources that would help them um, live out more of what you're sharing today. Oh, boy. You know, there are so many good books. They've probably already been stated. Some of the Brene Brown stuff is always Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Uh, I'm interested in uh, this the, a book that says uh, The Body That Keeps Score I've been reading yes. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been reading When the Body Says No recently, okay. which is how we take how we think about stress and how stress affects our body. Anything to mm. do with the brain, I think is interesting. Mm. Um, yep. Anything to do with emotional intelligence, I think is is interesting. You know, we got this three pounds of meat in our brain and you know, through the 20th century, 100 million people left the brain because, uh, sorry, left the planet because 18 pounds of bad brain, six individuals, you know, massacred people across the, the, the geography of the mm. world because their brains were broken. Yes, this little yeah. three pounds meat. And so understanding your brain, understanding how you think, understanding how we, we how consciousness is even formed. Like, there's just so much in that. Mm, and when you get question. to know yourself better, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helps because you can see an individual in a different way uh, mm-hmm. when you understand how our brains actually work. Yeah. So good. Wow. That's well, awesome. Thank you for all this wisdom, the yes. resources, 
We will link those Insights. resources in the show yes. notes. Yes, and those are fantastic books, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. All right. Well, we are gearing down to uh, gearing up to gear down to the end of the episode, and we always ask our interviewees this same question. Well, we've and, asked them before, but give us another one. Yeah, we want another tidbit of info here, wisdom from you. Um, fill in the blank. Uh, with advice that you wish you would have received in those first couple years of your 40-year marriage. Um, so the, the fill in the blank is dear young married couple. Or you know be interesting? The advice you wish you received at year 10. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the advice. So, so that's a different question. It the is advice a different. I wish that year 10 would be dear, year, dear young married couples who have been married 10 years. You don't have to win. Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so much packed into that. Let it simmer. Just unpack it slowly. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you, you so much. We appreciate you. We appreciate what you pour into us personally Amen. and therefore into the people listening now. And now you're pouring into them directly. So we we so appreciate it. And we are looking forward to seeing the impact that this episode in particular has on the marriages of those yes. who are listening. So thank you. Love you guys. Love, love, love what you're doing. Thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.